Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kyle. I surf, I make movies, and I love asking questions. First off, thank you to everyone who's been reaching out via Facebook and Instagram, giving me feedback on this podcast, letting me know who you want me to have on next. I appreciate it. I am listening, and it is all helpful. All the feedback, positive and negative, everything. Let it go. Let it go. We're just getting into double digits here, and I am improving every time, and your feedback helps me improve quicker. Also want to let you know about a new mini documentary that I recently hosted with Seeker Network on the impact that cesspools are having on Hawaii's coral reefs. We went over to the Big Island and did some digging and did some diving, and you can check that out on my website, kyle.surf slash blog. Also, I just stumbled upon a new series. I have no connection to this, but I really want to get the guy on the podcast. Uh, check out Thomas Morton's new series on Viceland called Balls Deep. Thomas is the little 5-2 buck 20 white kid uh, from Vice who embeds himself into various situations with a wide array of uh, people all over the world. I, I won't sell the show too hard, but check out Balls Deep. It's, it's hilarious. Really been enjoying that. My guest today is current Big Wave World Champion and the most successful and celebrated Big Wave surfer of all time, Greg Long. He's been awarded virtually every title in the Big Wave Riding Arena, including multiple XXL Global Big Wave Awards, including Biggest Wave, Ride of the Year, and Performer of the Year. He's the only surfer to win all three of the sport's premier Big Wave competitions, including the Eddie at Waimea Bay. His list of accolades includes the SEMA Waterman of the Year Award, a National Geographic Adventurer of the Year nomination, and runner-up placing on the Men's Journal's Top 50th, Top 50 Most Adventurous Men. Greg and I recorded this podcast on a surf trip down to Mexico on a balcony overlooking the ocean with a couple tequila shot, uh, tequila sodas on the rocks. It was lovely. And the vast majority of this episode is interview style, where I ask Greg a question and just let him go. It is introspective monologues, um, and a lot of the conversation is, is centered around the last four years, the time between when Greg drowned surfing big waves at Cortez Bank about four years ago to now and what he uh, went through mentally, spiritually, and physically to recover from that. So I would imagine that even if you're not a surfer, you're going to get something out of this podcast because although you, we might not all be surfing big waves, we all fall down and have to get back up and a lot of that battle goes on inside our own minds and greg uh does it with introspective mastery that's all i can say he is a an observant a contemplative and a defined energy and you might get the sense of that when you listen to this conversation without further ado please welcome the champion of the motherfucking world (laughs) 
Kyle Tierman here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. It's not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. You feeling good overall after your performance at Jaws? Yeah. Um, I know I still have a bit of like strengthening work to do on my knee. It was definitely, I don't know if it was just the fact that I hadn't really like put it to the test yet and then all of a sudden here you are, you know, in the grand stage. Um, but as far as my performance, and most importantly, like from all that, just the amount of fun that I had. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Yeah. That, that was, you know, I was laughing with Twiggy prior to, you know, the event. Just looking at all the competitions and all that, where like I, I love and I have so much fun. Not 15, you know, it's more so now than ever before you know in that you know 15 to 18 20 foot range and yeah you know as soon as it gets bigger than that like there are the guys who just are gung-ho and you know ready to throw themselves over anything where i i don't have that anymore uh-huh but um as far as my you know that particular day and just my strategy and you know knowing my lineups and which waves were good and approachable and which ones weren't um i felt i surfed you know other than not catching a second wave in the first heat um i felt, felt I, I felt i surfed a perfect right. a perfect contest for where i was at like physically and mentally right well I'll, there's guys out there who want to catch a hundred foot wave mm -hmm. but don't have a lot of strategy to do it right. they just know that if a wave comes they're gonna paddle their heart out and mm -hmm. go for it um and your strength absolutely is your ability to pick good waves that's why you've been so successful in large part have you always been good at picking waves in fear of sounding um <laughs> like a dick <laughs> Uh, in, in fear of coming across maybe a little uh, you know, overly confident, yes. Yeah. Since since I was a kid, and I got that from my from my father. He, when we would go surf together, would go straight out the back, and he would sit and he would wait for, you know, thirty minutes, forty five minutes, an hour, and he would always be on the very biggest and best wave. And he would only catch two or three, and then he would go back to the beach. And, you know, as a kid, you want to be like, you know, your dad. And I looked at that as soon as I was old enough and felt, had the confidence to go out and, you know, sit with him. Or, you know, if he wasn't there, like, I was that 12-year-old kid at the top of the lineup at Trussell's, you know, sitting out the back with all the old boys and just waiting for everyone to catch their waves. And when that big set, you know, came you know 20 feet farther out I was you know I was there to get it yeah and um 
you know, beyond that, it became, you know, that's not, wasn't always, I guess, the, you know, way I was surfing, but hugely ingrained in sort of the, my surfing DNA. When it comes to actually uh, riding big waves, you know, you can't be making mistakes. And so you have to be, you know, to myself, at times I feel like a fault, uh, overly analytical and um, very confident in your choice and your selection. That you, know, you see guys show up just, you know, throwing caution in the wind going on anything and it's, you know, one wipeout or two wipeouts in a session and it's, and it's over. Yeah. And, you know, more so than that, you know, the consequences are, you know, potentially, you know, lifelong, you know, whether it's injury or, you know, as we know in the world that we, you know, exist in a big wave surfing, that death is, you know, is a reality. It's not, you know, common, but you're around it, pushing it long enough. Yeah. Anybody who's been, you know, doing it for more than, you know, 10, 15 years is, you know, probably lost a close friend. You know, it's a tight knit community. And so, you know, it's not, totally outrageous you know to think about and contemplate and when it comes to making the decisions of all right which waves am i going on am i just going to recklessly send it over a you know 50 foot double up or you know can i let this one go and wait for something that's you know looks a little more approachable that i've got a better shot of and right so um yeah in the end it's you know from from a young age it was you know when i got into big waves really adopted that you know manage your risks when you go out there and in turn you're going to have a much more successful session and you know the longevity you know which you know when I was 15 years old I you know, fell in love with it and I felt like I wanted to do it forever and I didn't want to ever you know yeah when you were 15 you fell in love with big wave surfing with big wave surfing yeah, yeah. what was that like what like was there a point when that actually happened um yeah I'd say it actually probably started prior to um you know, really, again, just that upbringing, surfing with my father and, you know, always sitting out the back waiting for the, you know, biggest waves. You know, that's when I guess, you know, the, the term big is relative. You know, sure. for some people it's two feet, other it's, you know, 20. Yeah. And, you know, Still that same feeling of pushing yourself. Right. Um, but it was when I was 15 years old that I went to what I considered my first, you know, heavy deep water big wave break uh, down at Toto Santos in Baja, which is about two and a half hours south of where I live in San Clemente. And it was just this sensory overload for me from, you know, all right, there's, you know, big swell moving. I don't know how big it's actually going to be out there. The boat ride out to this, you know, island 10 miles off the coast, anchoring in the channel, watching it, you know, as the swell fills in, getting bigger, sitting in the channel, you know, these butterflies, this doubt, and, you know, having watched, you know, all these videos and studying the photos and listening to, you know, people's stories, you know, of wondering, all right, you know, can I actually do this? And, you know, in that moment where I paddled from, you know, the safety of the channel over into kind of the corner of the lineup, it was just this, you know, feeling of adventure, you know, in the surfing world that, you know, I'd been doing since I, I started when I was, you know, five years old, but here was something, all right, you know, you know fairly proficient, but this is totally new. Yeah. and uh, exhilarating, you know, emotional, terrifying, you know, just all the most intense emotions that you, you know, both love and hate in life all at once, you know, 
in order to achieve one goal that's on the other side of it, which is just you know riding one of these waves. So to compartmentalize you know the different aspects of that, you know to have the confidence within yourself. You know, when I paddled over there, and, and you know, if I were to probably look at the photo of my first wave that I rode, you know, I'd be like, I'd be laughing at it now. Right. But at the time, for me, that was, you know, reaching the peak of this, you know, huge mountain that I had. Uh, it doesn't really matter what level you're at as long as it, you're it pushing yourself and that two-foot wave for someone is going to give them the same feeling as it, it might for you on a 40 or 50-foot wave. Absolutely. It does not at, yeah. at all. You know, I always, you know, when people are so enamored and in awe of, you know, what I do, you know, I have to tell them, hey, this has been my life's, you know, practice, my, the single discipline that I've put all of my energy since I was 15 years old and I'm yeah. 33 now. So, you know, sincerely appreciate it. But, you know, once upon a time, you know, like I said, you know, that wave, that first wave I paddled into that day was probably a, you know, maybe a 12 or 15 foot face. Right. And, you know, that was giant for me. Yeah. But it was, again, everything that went into that and the experience and sharing it with and this is another large part, sharing it with those people who are out there, you know, in that moment as well. And uh, my brother being one of them. Uh, funny enough, my sister as well paddled out later that day and actually rode some pretty dang sizable waves. Yeah. And, you know, the aftermath of it, you know, the laughs, the, again, respect, the camaraderie, it was just... Like nothing I'd ever been a part of just in my average everyday, you know, surf sessions of riding my bike down to the beach or, you know, paddling out at trussels with my little, you know, young buddies at the time. And yeah, um, that's what stayed with me. And from that point forward, that became my obsession in my surfing life. What do you think has allowed you to succeed as much as you have? What do you think you do differently than other people? There's probably a few components to that, um, you know, and, and by success, I guess, you know, it's a gauge of, uh, you know, competition victories yeah. and, and all the rest. Um, if I were to distill it down to one thing, the time and energy, you know, the time that I've put into it, that from, you know, it's probably before 15 you know, when I, again, started to think about it, 15, when I really ventured, ventured out there into that world. And from that point forward, that was all I thought about, all I read, every single surf movie. As kids were, you know, my age at that time, watching, uh, you know, the Momentum surf videos, you know, the ones that were on replay were, you know, of the documentaries up at Mavericks or, you know, the old you know, Eddie I. Cal competition, watching those, you know, incessantly over and over again. Yeah. And then the physical preparation, you know, that, you know, I'd be in my school classrooms just dreaming about, you know, big wave surfing, watching the clock go around and, you know, seeing how long I could hold my breath for and, you know, swimming in the pool and, you know, training when you know, nobody else, you know, probably my age, you know, except, for, you know, a few exceptions, um, you know, people who later came to be uh, some of my closest friends, like, you know, guys like Mark Keeley over in Hawaii or Jamie Sterling, but, um, you know, and then 
just looking at every aspect of how I how I can improve. You know, whether it's equipment or you know studying the bathymetry of the different brakes. And again, at that point it was a lot of it listening to other people's stories, but yeah. just absorbing every piece of information that I could to you know broaden my knowledge of this you know discipline of surfing riding big waves yeah. and that I could then take you know out there to have more confidence and again ultimately manage the risks in which I was taking but right um, you know that's it more, more time more energy and you know people always say oh you know you've won so many contests but here's the other thing that people don't realize I started competing in big wave contests when I was uh, 18 years old I think I was 18 or 19 the first time uh, was the Red Bull Big Wave Africa at Dungeons down in South Africa. And I've literally competed in nearly every single Big Wave contest from that year, I think it was 2002, until now, you know, 2016. Yeah. And, you know, can honestly say, except for maybe somebody like Carlos Burley, who, you know, had a good, uh, you know, jump on me by a couple of years. But really, prior to that time, there was only a, a small handful of, of contests so you know when it comes to being successful it just goes down to the amount of time the amount of energy and uh, you know, how often I've been actually immersed in both the contest and these big wave sessions yeah um, and you still love it you you had a super good time at Jaws I still love it yeah it's um has it changed for you like how how is your approach to oh yeah competition it's it's changed? changed it's changed so dramatically over the years um there have been extreme highs, extreme lows. I've probably told myself, you know, half a dozen times that I'm gonna, you know, quit and walk away, and you know, probably ten times as many that I love this. I want to do it forever. Um, but I still really, I really enjoy it. I have so much fun uh, yeah. when I go out there, and you know, more so now actually than ever, as, as you you know mentioned, you know from a conversation we had not too long ago that it's um I, I love the energy you know of the ocean and again all those things that go into it that it's not just a hey i'm showing up at the beach and uh and going surfing today but they're very calculated and thoughtful you know entrance into it that happens well prior you know the physical training the mental training you know all the equipment the morning of waking up at you know four in the morning with your friends and you know the anticipation getting everything ready going out there yeah you know the respect and camaraderie um, you know, knowing that your friends have your back having to you know be responsible to also look after your friends and you know when at the end of the day when you know everybody's had a couple of great rides and you end up back at the beach it's just you know it's this team effort where surfing is for the most part a very individualistic sport you, your board, the ocean, go out there, catch a couple waves, have yeah. fun. Fuck that guy got a set wave. Like, <laughs> damn it, I want that one. Right, but big wave surfing, it's yeah, it's quite the opposite. It's it's a team sport that you accomplish so much more working together, and that's one thing that really I love. And I think any big wave surfer, you know, can also attest that there's an equal amount of satisfaction and happiness and joy that comes from watching one of your good friends have one of those rides one of those moments when they kick out you know screaming in, in the channel for them that all right you know even though that wasn't you riding the wave you know that you were 
your body just caught the wave of his life. Yeah, you were a part of that, and you can you can feel it. You know, it's this just this collective energy and, and cooperation of, of everybody out there with the same goal, same mindset, you know, the same stakes at, at play. Right. And when you come in, you know that what you share together, and then also that feeling yourself. It's um, it's incredible, and yeah. that's really to me what has kept it me going. That like I said, I've thought about quitting multiple times just moments where I wasn't inspired or you know didn't feel like I you know even just really wanted to keep doing it all yeah but in the end it was honestly always the thought of that experience and time and emotions yeah. with my friends that kept me going back whether yeah. if I knew that you know, I've showed up on days where I wasn't inspired and I knew I wasn't going to go out there, but I wanted to be there to support my friends, you know, and whether it was morally or whether it was physically on the ski doing water safety or rescue that, you know, if I could help, you know, be a part of that, then, you know, in a way I was also experiencing whatever, you know, joy of, of riding the waves that, yeah. you know, that they were and, um, you know, not missing out and being, being there for them is, uh, I've been really impressed with uh, big wave surfers in general. Like, I, I think that sur like surfers can be super cocky and ca kind of assholey and think that they're too cool for school. And I find that less big wave surfers do that. Um, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like this kind of humility that comes along with knowing that you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you if you <laughs> fall on a big wave or something but I've been um, attracted to that like that community that you talk about mm -hmm. it's a, a group of really good humans you I mean you came close to yeah hitting the bullseye there that you you go out there into the ocean on the biggest of days when and it is the most humbling experience ever yeah. that there's there may be exceptions to the rule people who you know just either aren't thoughtful or something going on you know internally with them that they still you know maintain whatever you know ego bravado going out there but um, for the most part you know, once you enter that lineup it is just you know it's frightening it's beautiful it's humbling and it really just puts you, I feel like, in, in, in your place. You know, when you're out there immersed in that amount of energy, you, you know, that sense of, again, e ego just goes goes out the window that yeah. you know. You feel very small. Very small. Yeah. And, again, when you're a bunch of guys out there and girls, it, um, you know, anything else doesn't really matter you know other than all right you know we're here riding some waves looking after each other and that's probably another you know huge part of it too that you really are you know keeping the most watchful eye you know out for your you know friends you know who are in the water and even if they aren't your friends um and, and that's what kind of brings everybody down to that you know ground level again that we're all in this together and um and it makes you for me personally, look at the bigger picture of life, you know, as well going out there that, you know, I know there can be potential extreme consequences to 
you know, should a worst case scenario happen, you know, I very well could lose my life. Um, don't focus on it, you know, train, prepare to manage all the risks, but, you know, it's a reality. And when you start to think about life, you know, and realizing how fragile it is, willingly putting yourself in situations, you know, that could, you know, take your life from you, you know, in order to experience these moments of joy, it, it brings about bigger questions. And, you know, when you start to, I think, look in life, you know, that way, you realize, wow, what a miracle it is that it can be taken away, you know, that quick. Um, for me, it always forced me to really just appreciate every moment. And, you know, having personally experienced, you know, the loss of some of my closest friends, you know, in the act of, of riding waves, you know, to never take anything, anything for granted. And, you know, bringing back to the question of, you know, why, you know, have you experienced, and, and I agree 100% that, you know, collective big wave community, you know, very level-headed, grounded, for the most part, humble people where, you know, in the surfing world, you know, can breed ego and, you know, put people up on pedestals and lead them to believing to think that there's, you know, better than others where, you know, it's not a common thing that you see, you know, in, in big wave lineups. And it is, you know, being forced to reflect on you know the bigger question and look at life you know from a broad perspective yeah um, as opposed to this you know kind of concentrated you know, egotistical superficial you know, materialistic thing that sometimes I feel uh, you know this surf industry can um, you know maybe not in intentionally breed within individuals but it definitely happens yeah uh, such good tequila it's nice I'm a little extra, extra spice in I'm there. I'm super into it. Nice. Yeah. Um, when you had your accident at Cortez, um, it, I think that there was a lot of, um, in, in dark corners of the industry, talk that you weren't the same surfer that you once were. Um, and I don't think anyone would have blamed you. Um but you then kind of, I think that there was a moment, it seemed to me, last year when you um, caught that big barrel at Jaws. And then you went on to win the world title. Now this year you got second in Puerto and you just got second at Jaws. And you um, slammed the door on those comments with such an exclamation point um, that I think that their ears are still ringing and I'm really curious to know um, what happened to where your mind was after that accident and what um, you've shifted to be able to come back with such enthusiasm mm -hmm. so you know, I was talking moments ago about you know the, the reality that you can drown surfing big waves um, the way I see it is that it's almost becomes a numbers game you know the more you know the more frequently you play with fire you know your chance of you know finally getting burned you know exponentially go up yeah for big waves that was it for me that you know I, I pushed it um, as hard as I could to see what I, you know, physically, mentally was capable of, and finally it all caught up with me, and it, and it wasn't, 
again, it was a situation that, you know, had fallen on bigger waves, wiped out more dramatic fashion, but that's just, you know, the ocean and the energy and, you know, had that wipeout that in the circumstance, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm of events that happened underwater that, uh, you know, I basically, you know, drowned. Had it not been for my safety team to pull me out of the water unconscious, um, you know, get me back to the boat, you know, that was it. And that led me to probably, you know, in hindsight, the most beautiful and enlightening year of my life, but immediately after, you know, one of the most challenging and tumultuous that I, um, you know, I, I went back to riding big waves three weeks later, you know, and this idea that, uh, get back on the horse, get back on the horse. You know, that's what, you know, people from all corners of the world calling and writing like, hey, like, don't, you know, just go back out there. It's the best way to get over it. And, you know, one of my, you know, heroes and idols, you know, Greg Knoll, who I'm actually, you know, named after is one of the, uh, you know, pioneer, you know, basically the pioneer of big wave surfing, you know, called me up, you know, to see how I was doing and, you know, to give me that, you know, proud of encouragement of like, you know, just go back out there and do it you know we all fall and wipe out you know so for me it was just like all right you know this is it you know who I am what I built my life around what I love doing I'm going back out doing it again and um, it it wasn't that easy uh, yeah I, I paddled back out it was a, the Maverick surf contest about three weeks uh, it was literally three weeks almost to the day after that accident um, Physically, I was I was fine, you know, aside from some you know internal you know bruising and trauma that I'd sustained. But uh, you know, it wasn't more than you know, I was released from the hospital. Didn't you know, I was medevaced? It happened 100 miles off the coast of Southern California. A wave called Cortez Bank was medevaced back to San Diego. Spent overnight in the hospital. Released the next morning, and it wasn't more than probably three days later where I was you know back to my normal you know training regimen you know in the pool you know running the you know hills behind San Clemente and you know to get back to this place you know the, the physical I feel like you know comfort and confidence uh, but when I went surfing the next time in big waves it actually was prior to big waves yeah um, I went down and had a fun beach break session with my friends down in Baja and the first wave that I wiped out on in a little barrel, close out, you know, running barrel didn't come out of. And when I was underwater, there was this immediate moment of panic. And that was uh, this realization of like, oh shit, you know, it's not going to be that easy. But another week or two, however long it was, uh, after, you know, the Maverick Surf Contest was called on. And I'm invited. I'm not you know, going to turn down this opportunity. I'm, I'm getting back on the horse. I'm going out there. And, you know, what I went through on that small wave, you know, when I act, stepped foot, I jumped off the boat the evening before the competition, paddled, you know, over to the lineup. And, you know, as I got in the water there, it was just what used to be this level of, you know, hyper-focus where I knew exactly, you know, who I was, why I was there, what I was doing, how to do it, you know, that you know, I can paddle right over there, pinpoint my lineup, 
analyze each wave. It was like everything, you know, in my mind just was frazzled and scattered. You know, I got in the water just this, you know, wait, what, why are you doing this again? Like, you know, didn't you just you know learn your you know lesson or your you know, body's you, like you, no <laughs> damn it man no. <laughs> yeah. no don't you don't you <laughs> you know your mind's making you go forward right. your shoulders pulling you back so it was this you know pull in, in two different directions of you know what i had been doing my whole life you know versus what's you know whether it was the rational or irrational mind i couldn't make sense of it you know then but just you know it's like the you know devil and the angel on 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 each shoulder you know squawking in your ear you know so loud to the point where you couldn't really you know make sense of yeah. it, focus on anything but anyways i paddled over to the lineup and it was a, a real low tide long interval swell it wasn't big by any means you know in the standard of you know what these contests are held in but um i was just i was frozen like every wave that i looked at just second guessing doubting even those that i looked at knowing that all right this is a wave that in the past you you know you would go for um just couldn't make a decision couldn't turn around and and commit and go and it's probably out there for a little over an hour and you know it's afternoon water's cold you sit too long then you become you know stiff you start to doubt yourself even more and you know next day i'm supposed to be surfing you know a contest it's going to be even bigger and you know so i just have this all right you know you have to do it at some point and you know one of my great friends jamie mitchell uh you know everybody knew you know what i had just experienced and you know some were probably surprised i was back out there you know there's a lot of encouragement but you know he comes up to me he's just like hey mate like you know however difficult it is you just have to go on a wave he's like you know even if you wipe out like you know that you're going to be okay like it's not going to happen again you know not not today and um you know that was the one like you know push over the edge like you know what he's right you know what would have happened if you know i hadn't caught a wave and paddled back to the boat you know i i don't know but um so sure enough next set comes just like you know i see a wave that even looks remotely doable i'm going saw it turn around go and next thing i know board's disconnected i'm upside down and cartwheeling down the face of you know wild little double up you know suck out wave at mavericks and instantly underwater full you know panic freak out you know fumbling for my leash trying to climb everything that you don't do in a wipeout um and you know i i came up paddled back to the boat and it was just this moment of total despair for me like all right you know this isn't you know even though i already knew i'd experienced it on a two-foot wave like here it was on a on a big day but um i just knew it wasn't going to be easy you know this was just the beginning of if i ever was going to come back you know of a very long or just road ahead um went back that night didn't sleep at all next morning wake up contest is on and thankfully it was um, slightly easier conditions and you know it's easier when there's fewer people you know in in the water around you you know in a competition setting and i was able to you know smartly surf and got a handful of waves you know what i felt was 
for me, very conservative surfing that advanced me on into the final. And uh, to a lot of people, it was all of a sudden like... Greg's um, back! Yeah, yeah. Not, nothing wrong. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. Greg's back. But to those who actually knew me and were... Um, you know, had surfed with me for a long time, you know, they could see, like, oh, shit, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there, and it's not, you know, it's not the normal Greg that we know, yeah. you know, and that we surf with all the time. Um, that must have been a weird experience, though, to have the public be talking about it, like, yeah, it he's was, back, it was, but internally not feel that. It was, you know, highly publicized, you know, after the fact of that, you know, there's some people claiming, you know, our greatest, you know, quickest comeback ever. Where inside, I'm just going like, <laughs> no, you don't even understand, like, what that, you know, what that was like and what it took out of me emotionally to, you know, surf that event. But um, what was even worse is, you know, I surfed another contest, you know, shortly thereafter up in Oregon. And again, you know, I was, I was very lucky that each of these competitions happened in relatively small waves in the grand scheme of big wave surfing you know maybe 25 30 feet on the face where oftentimes it's you know 50 60 feet um but i ended up doing well in the organ event so i ended up the world champion that year i think it was 2010 and that was actually the worst thing that you know could have happened and all of a sudden uh, you know really all eyes the limelight was on me you're back you know he's all good where you know it was still so far from the case and what was even worse for me it wasn't so much a matter of uh, being able to go out and ride these waves as it was uh, it wasn't any fun that I was forcing myself into a situation that I wasn't enjoying at all and having done it for so long and loved it so deeply and devoted, you know, my life essentially to, you know, this world of, you know, big wave surfing, to the community, you know, to, you know, the study of All it. your friends, your identity. Right. Your and then, paycheck. And, everything. you know, and, and in the end, it was all, it was all about the fun and the joy. It was never about, you know, the fame or making a money or, or a career. That was yeah. a byproduct of, you know, simply challenging myself and doing something, you know, so lucky to do something that I love that could, you know, in the end turn into a career. Yeah. Um, when I was going out there and experiencing no joy at all, um, just these almost paralyzing levels of fear, that's what was heartbreaking for me. It was like, I don't know, just time was standing still yeah. you know that life's been moving forward in this incredibly you know beautiful invigorating direction you know doing something that's physically emotionally spiritually you know stimulating enhancing and all the pieces of everything are you know falling into perfect place um, and then now here you are and you know you can't do it you don't want to do it because it's just lost the joy the fun um, 
but everybody around you is expecting you to. Uh, that's what became really hard for me. And you know, all these internal emotions that I was feeling, uh, I didn't share them with, with anybody. That it was you know, my secret that, all right, you know, I'm, I'm back. You know, I'm not gonna let you know, anybody know, you know what are my sponsors gonna think, what are you know, other people you know, gonna say or you know, judge me. And it was just, all right, you know, moving on forward down this road and you know, we'll, we'll try and figure it out. But internally, you know, every single time I thought about big waves or I had a friend call me, hey, there's a swell here, there's just this, like, these knots in my stomach, you know, coming yeah. up, like, fuck, right? yeah. not again. I, I, have to, I have to do this, you know, well, okay, I guess I, I have to do it now. You want to go inside and turn yeah. the light on? Yeah, yeah, Test one, two, guacamole. Guac. Chimichangas. It's guacamole. All right, and keep just, mm -hmm. you know, be aware. Talk as close as you can to that. Um, We're inside now that the sun has gone down. And the story's gone down on another beautiful day. And the story is just getting good. <laughs> so you were just talking about how you were um, internally in a completely different state than what people thought you were in, which I'm sure was a weird experience. What was it that you would actually think about when you were panicking, when you would go out um, into big waves? And was it the same feeling at all as when you actually had your accident at Cortez, or was it different? S strangely enough, when I had uh, my action, I actually drowned that there wasn't any real moments of panic that it was, you know, in that moment, I knew if I was going to survive it, that I have to maintain this, you know, total state of relaxation, conserve my oxygen, my energy. And, you know, in, you know, the years of experience and training, like, you know, recognizing what my body was going through, but never this, you know, oh, shit, I'm going to die. I'm freaking out. Because that is ultimately in the end of a big wave wipeout, what will lead to your demise that you can take an average wipeout and turn it into a life threatening one by panicking underwater. So there was always that, uh, you know, during the actual, you know, accident, this state of calm that I was able to maintain throughout the duration, which, you know, I was really proud of. And I feel like what is in the end, what um, saved my life, that I was able to hang on as long as I did. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about what you remember from that experience? Yeah, it was, um, you know, the physical side was you know, everything of a, you know, your big wave wipeout, you know, where it went kind of south for me was, um, I was held down so long after the first wave and when I uh, tried to surface and I was just about to break the surface, the second wave uh, landed what I felt to be right on top of me and knocked the wind out of me and you know pushed me right back down. So had I just stayed down underneath, you know, conserving my oxygen and energy, I probably would have been fine. It would have been a bad two wave hold down, which in big wave storm is, you know, when you don't actually get to the surface to get a breath of air before the next wave in the set passes over you. 
but um, it was that second wave, you know, that impact that knocked the wind out of me, uh, you know, the jolt in which, you know, almost this sort of state of semi-paralysis, just, you know, the shock of it, because I wasn't expecting it to be to be coming or hit me in the way that it did. It's almost like being, you know, blindsided with a punch, you know, when you don't see it coming. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was really became this, you know, you know, mental mind game of, you know, immediately having the sensation of I have to breathe to knowing that if you give into that, that, you know, that's going to be the end of the road for you. That's, Were you actually having that conversation inside yeah. your head? Mm-hmm. It, it was a very, you know, distinct dialogue of, you know, as much as you physically feel right now what your body's telling you, you know, you cannot give into it. Do not believe it because it serves you, you know. Yeah, there's no purpose. In, 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 no, in no way at all if you want to make it through this. So um, it became, you know, in, in a large way, this kind of detachment from the physical, you know, my physical self. You know, that, all right, my body you know, is telling me this, but, you know, mentally I have the ability to, you know, change you know, the situation of the game here by thinking something otherwise. And so it was just finding that state of Zen meditation underwater, which... Um, You'd practice for a long time. For a long time, yeah. yeah. You know, and big wave surfers, they all, everyone has a different way of, you know, getting there. You know, I have friends who, you know, count to... Um, you know, however long they need to count numbers. I've got, you know, one of my close friends who says that he starts thinking about cooking recipes. Um, anything to just distract your mind from, you know, physically what's happening. But you also have to maintain some sense of integrity within that world because, you know, to be able to be present to understand, all right, you know, when is all this turbulence subsiding? When can I swim? Um, you know, keeping a sense of you know which ways up from down and then also you know identifying what your body's actually is going through so for me it was this you know check in you know every you know couple of seconds of you know how you know bad are these diaphragm contractions and spasms and you know how much longer can i actually be down here before i need to you know, kind of change this game plan and i ended up trying to fight my way for the surface climbing my leash but blacked out just before um I made it to the surface and my safety team was there um you know thankfully a couple waves uh you know from when i lost consciousness another wave uh washed over me and they were able to find me it was about another 50 yards inside of that or i eventually floated up face down and they were able to get to me bear hug me through another wave and then after that i was immediately on a, a ski so you know in the end from when i blacked out to when you know, I came up I guess it was maybe 60 seconds um, and how long were you unconscious for uh, after that it was another couple minutes before I, I woke back up again um, you know and, and when I did I was back on our main support boat over in the channel of um, of the lineup and I knew you know exactly what had happened and you know all my you know, closest friends, my brother were, you know, hovering over the top of me. And, uh, you know, first thing I asked is who got to me first? You know, I knew in an instant, which is... is your, your brother was actually there. My brother was there, yeah. He exactly. was driving a um, one of the safety skis 
for another group of individuals out there. And I think he actually had a photographer on the ski at that time. And, you know, he was there actually as the photographer was, you know, photographing this whole thing. So, you know, for him, it was a really, you know, heavy, heavy moment. Um, but, you know, that's the, also the funny thing, you know, when people, you know, get knocked out, blackout, lose consciousness, it usually takes them a couple of minutes to recognize, you know, or remember, you know, where they are, you know, what happened. And second that I woke up, you know, I was puking up, you know, blood and foam and, um, you know, fluid. And first words that I could get out of my mouth were, you know, who got to me first and knew exactly what had happened. Um, so that was what happened or do you remember anything that happened in those moments that you in between conscious did you um, go to any separate place or any separate yeah so there was remember? there was um you know it was a, it, it was yeah it. it was it was um it was a very euphoric moment and that um you know i had already been in this place where i felt to have kind of physically detached from my my being what i was going through you know if i had been so present you know the amount of uh just kind of that anguish you know from essentially you know suffocating underwater i i had kind of relinquished any you know attachment to that and so it was this already in a very um sort of abstract you know place and so when I blacked out, it was just this immediate um, sense of euphoria of, all right, you know, that's your physical self, you know, this, you know, spiritual being, as I believe, you know, we are all to be, um, you know, this you know, consciousness, which you've been, you know, you know given. It was um, just this state of total peace and contentment and happiness that there was no, you know, there, there was, I felt a bit of observation of, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is happening. Like this, this is it. It's not, you know, you are no longer in physical control of, you know, what's you know, going on around you. Like, but contentment and whatever the outcome, like that's, you know, so be it. Um, just this overwhelming feeling and sensation of, of, of love. You know, there wasn't, you know, any you know flashing reel before my eyes and uh you know of, of my life's past events or you know thoughts of my you know friends or family as it just was this tranquil you know place and you know i've talked to a lot of um have a lot of friends in the freediving world who you know have explained you know when they've blacked out you know from the same that you know they enter this you know a very similar state so you know technically medically i never actually died that you know my friends didn't have to give me cpr that i um you know was very close to i, I know that you know the amount of time that i've been holding my breath was underwater before i you know would have been you know able to um you know whether it was you know or however minimal you yeah. know, i was able to you know, yeah. get get oxygen going to my system again um so yeah there was never this moment of you know complete you know death my heart stopped um but i i do remember that kind of time and space in in between and just 
uh, yeah. Have you ever like gotten close to that space through meditation or yeah. through other yes? Places? And, like, and that's like, that's where, um, like I said, what really helped me you know, through in dealing with the wipeout is, I guess, that understanding that uh, physical body and what I feel. You know, us to be here as you know spiritual beings um yeah this consciousness that we've been you know given they're they're very they can be very separate things that you know we often view ourselves as one just you know concrete conglomerate of you know whatever it is and you know i see i think i feel but it's all you know one and the same where um you know, when you slow yourself down and you know and through you know practice meditation to be able to know at times prior to that been able to you know as i feel you know transcend you know the physical you know being and go into sort of altered elevated states of you know consciousness or you know being existence whatever you know you want to interpret it as and yeah and then you know returning back and so yeah i felt it to be very similar to that although um it was more profound i felt i had more um observational awareness of of what was going on right right um have you always had that belief have you always had the the belief that your consciousness is separate from your body and and were there experiences prior to that that led you to that that observation yeah and it was it was a number of things um you know, as a kid, I've, you know, on multiple times, you know, having very kind of abstract reoccurring dreams that, um, but very vivid and real and, um, you know, with no anything else that would have kind of instigated it, you know, other than, you know, maybe having, you know, experienced something, you know, previous to that. Um, and... You know, people who I had encountered and met who had um, done a lot of research uh, and, and just, you know, personal experience sharing stories that really resonated with me and, you know, got me thinking about it that, you know, obviously everybody's got a story, but for me it's, you know, what, what's reality in the end? You know, it's what you, you know, perceive and, you know, think to believe yeah. is, is true. So for me, you know, it became this kind of, you know, thoughts of, you know, looking at how you know, we as human beings, you know, have, you know, potentially evolved, you know, looking at, you know, science, the theory of evolution versus other, you know, ideas and theories and philosophies and, you know, religions out there. And this is the one that really, you know, resonated, you know, the most with me. And so in my, my teens was very interested in kind of Eastern philosophy, you know, studying, shouldn't say studying, but reading about, you know, uh, Buddhists, um, other dimensions, and yeah, and then into you know the whole metaphysical spirit science yeah. world, and um, in in the end, that was really kind of what you know I came back around to you know felt like made the most sense to me, and and everybody you know has had different experiences leading them to you know, believe yeah. you know maybe similar or you know very abstract and different, and um, that's what. You know, I feel makes this world so unique and beautiful is right. that 
you know, gosh, we are all such colorful characters and, you know, to, to each their own, you know, yeah. no, no judgment at all. But, um, would you say that your accident Cortez, um, strengthened that worldview or would you say that you questioned that previous worldview at all after? I think it strengthened it for me. Um, and you know, a, a big part of it was, I guess in that, you know, in, in that experience, knowing and seeing that I, how easily I could, you know, not easily, but, you know, could control, you know, what was happening around me and remove myself from, um, you know, this, this physical world and enter something, you know, so entirely different, even though from a peripheral standpoint, you know, looking at it, you know, I should have been feeling a certain way or, you know, thinking a certain way. But um, I, I guess it was just, you know, that reaffirmation that I am actually in, you know, in a very uh, distinct way in total control over my, you know, reality around me that I didn't feel like it was necessarily, um, you know, a, you know, God or any, you know, other yeah. you know, thing so much as it was, you know, my own level of conscious, you know, awareness. And um, so were you trying to tell yourself that when you would go back out for big wave sessions after the accident, but were feeling conflicted and afraid? That's that's where it got really convoluted for me. Yeah. In that, as much, um, you know, I, I felt a awareness of my situation and that I have control of this. That you know, I had learned to totally, uh, you know, embrace and love those moments of fear. You know, the fear that you know, stimulating you, you normally into kind of, you know, reacting in a negative way, um, you know, and reimmersing myself in big waves that I thrived off of it and, you know, embracing it as, you know, this idea of, hey, simply out of your comfort zone, you know, observe what's happening around you, where can you, you know, improve. And, you know, very analytical thought processes that, you know, helped me move, you know, through it. So that's where it became really complicated that, even though I knew that, all right, this is just sort of, you know, the reactive mind, uh, you know, as some doctors would diagnose me with post-traumatic stress disorder that, you know, I have um, total control over, you know, the situation that, you know, in knowing, you know, our reality around us is created through, you know, our thoughts. You can choose how to perceive every single situation however you want, and that essentially becomes your reality. So, you know, those moments when I would go back out, there was this you know, overwhelming, you know, emotion of, you know, fear and panic, which, you know, the fear I had been used, used to before, but there's something attached with it that um, I just couldn't get a grasp on. And that's really what became confusing for me. So all these tools that I had used, you know, to what I felt, you know, really be um, 
kind of like like breaking down and deducing the situation into something manageable. Right. You know that I that I felt I was very you know confident in yeah. um and had used through so many situations not just big wave surfing but you know throughout other you know aspects of my life right. all of a sudden hey these same you know tricks aren't aren't working working anymore you know what's what's going on and um would that show up in other aspects of your life besides just surfing big waves like where you felt stuck at that time, no. That that was my. I mean, that was where all my energy was going to right. at, the, at that point. And it was um, almost like a switch would get turned on when you would go surf big waves into this like, uh, like shit. I didn't feel that before, and it's, mm-hmm. and as much it's time there. as you know, a couple weeks off, you know, where I'd be able to kind of analyze or break down how did that last session go, what happened, you know, what didn't you do right, you know, what could you have done better, which was, you know, very straightforward kind of uh, you know thoughts post any big wave session you know you know what did you do well what didn't you know what did you learn where can you improve and you know always going back and analyzing hey you know these reactive emotion like you know actions that you have you know you don't need to do that you know but it was just this internal like I, I couldn't help it Every time I went back and surfed, you know, another big wave session, I would get in the water, would just, you know, be paralyzed, you know, didn't want to, you know, go over the edge and possibly fall and experience any of that again, that it was just uh, such negative, you know, energy, memories, emotions surrounding it that, you know, anything that could possibly lead to that, it was like, you're not, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And consciousness or something telling you yeah and you know survival instincts you know who knows you know it was it was it was a number of things i i feel like but yeah it just i couldn't get past it how long did that go on i would say it was it was a good six months where I kept following every single swell just as, you know, I had for the, you know, previous 15 years or, you know, less than that, probably, you know, maybe 12 years of, of my life. You know, my friends call, say, hey, it's good and, you know, going to be big down here in Chile. And I'm obviously studying all the weather maps and charts. And I had still adopted and embodied that belief of, you know, just get back on the horse, keep doing it. Something's going to change. And... Um, so every single moment that I could, you know, another big day, I was on a flight to wherever it was and it just got harder and harder and, uh, you know, really came down to just mentally, you know, not only physically, you know, you know, the whole flying and chasing waves, but, uh, more so mentally exhausting. Right. And as I said before, you know, the fun of it all was, was gone. You know, I wasn't enjoying myself you know especially in the water but then even you know after the fact because i was so hard on myself and you know my mind was going 24 7 and right well i mean you were talking earlier about how much you enjoy and when you started surfing big waves you enjoyed not only dropping into the wave but the whole process the process of chasing the swell 
calling friends, linking up, having the session, watching your buddies back, coming in, having drinks. Like it's a, it's the whole experience really that makes it what it is. I think there's a big misconception that it's really just about catching the wave. Yeah, that's the culmination of it, but it's a lot that goes into it, mm -hmm. a lot. And yep. if you're constantly thinking, I don't want to be doing this, I don't want to be doing this, I don't want to be doing this, that's taking up most hours of your day, actually. Right. And Even then, when you're not just surfing big waves, but when you're, and, okay, I'm going to track the, track the swell and buy the ticket and you actually go. And the worst thing, you know, no matter what you do in your life that you can possibly do is going against what, you know, you are internally feeling whether it's in a relationship whether it's work whether it's you know f something recreationally or your friends who've you know persuaded you in doing something the worst thing that you can ever do you know is something that you know deep down you actually know you know isn't the right thing for you right now or that you you know don't want to that it's not going to bring you any happiness in your, or joy but you're just doing it because it's you know it's comfortable or and you know i was you know well and truly going against what i knew at that point was the best thing for me you know yeah. where inside i was just i hate just stop catch your breath um but i felt pressured or felt yeah pressured it was yourself yeah, and it was more kept... you know in, in hindsight it was more just that internal pressure yeah. but you know, everything that was coming externally again was, um, yeah, it was, it may have been there, but I was most certainly, you know, compounding it and making it, you know, probably more dramatic than it actually, actually was. Right. You know, as we, you know, often have a tendency to do to make and create problems where there actually wasn't, you yeah. know, one by overanalyzing or overthinking things. Right. So, um, so that lasted for six months. It was like six, six months. Six and months. I, um, I was down in uh, Chile and flown down for a big swell to meet up with one of my best friends, Ramon Navarro, and you know, there was a small crew of us there. And it was you know, supposed to be this you know, a giant swell, and, and it was, but also for me, you know, a leisurely trip that I was going to um, take some time off, go snowboarding, hang out with Ramon and his beautiful family down there, surf some point breaks, and... Um, but anyways, I end up having a, a terrible session again and so frustrated that I abandoned, you know, all my friends, all the plans, and I went back to the airport after that big day to catch a flight up to Peru so I could surf the content or surf the swell again, you know, basically catch a flight, leapfrog, get ahead of, you know, get it, ahead of the swell. In and, yeah. and my next session there to, you know, one of the other popular big wave breaks, Pico Alto, was um was just as frustrating for me you know the first big afternoon um i actually didn't even paddle out that it was cold and windy and ugly and you know to paddle from the beach to get out there it's you know probably about a mile paddle and i just remember looking at it going this is not anything that i'm you know really you know so to my credit you know i was proud of myself for being like you know no i'm not doing it where, you know, if you'd talk to the Greg from a couple years before, it was like, oh, I'm paddle. going for it. Yeah, I'll paddle, you know, I don't care how long it takes, yeah. you, know, you know, if my leash breaks. So I'm like, you won't. Know. You're like, yeah, right. 
Um, but yeah, the next day was, you know, was clean and beautiful. And I just remember the same thing being, you know, really frustrated with how I performed and, um, but that was also a time and place that, um, it all just came to a head, you know, that I'd been, I'd probably been awake for, you know, four days from, you know, the whole, you know, packing, flying down, getting picked up, driving, surfing all day you know, cleaning everything up, going back to the airport, you know, overnight, you know, still just mind going full speed, not thinking, um, or only thinking, overthinking about, you know, what was, you know, happening, you know, what was going wrong. And, um, that was a point where it was just dropped it. I was like, that's it. I'm taking a break. I'm done. I don't want to, you know, talk to any of my friends about any swells. I don't want to be around anybody who's going to ask me about surfing. No more interviews about, you know, Cortez Bank. No more, you know, big wave world tour, world title stuff. Just, um, and I went on, you know, vacation, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and South America is one of my, you know, favorite places in, in the world. Um, Chile, Peru, the people the food, the culture. Um, and I'd spent a hand, a lot of time, you know, up in the mountains, actually, you know, just hiking around. And to me, that was just the perfect escape at that time. And, you know, I was in Peru, packed up my bags, left my surfboards with my friends, went up to the mountains and just detached from that surfing existence for, for a while. And, um, and that's where everything kind of honed back, um, I just got that, you know, pulled back view of, you know, what was happening, you know, in, in my life. And, um, and that, that's what people often need to do that we get so caught up and, you know, overwhelmed just in our routine our daily routines and cycles and you know what's expected of us and you know we've become detached from you know how we're actually feeling and again looking at my life just not feeling comfortable and fully expressing you know what i was going through you know again fear of the being judged and um you know expectations that other people had of me and I, um, we're a product of our surroundings. This is a lot of times you need to change your external environment to change your internal, internal exactly. monologue. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 almost comedic listening to. It's not comedic, but it's listening to you talk about your internal conflict because externally you're like I'm healthy. Everyone's saying I'm killing it, but what is happening inside our minds is so often so wildly different than what people are seeing on the outside 100 percent. like we we think of the the depressed person or the crazy person or whatever as someone who we can identify externally but so often it's just the person walking by and they're fighting their own internal battle that you know nothing about exactly and it takes that external shift whether through any number of um of practices to change that to break, internal monologue. To break, to break out of it. And yeah. that is, um, you know, that's what 
that's where everything shifted for me. Yeah. yeah, when I was able to completely step out and away from, um, you know, everything that, you know, was really, you know, my life back home and, you know, this world of surfing and, um, you know, I, I've always been an, you know, probably overly analytical, you know, person, every, you know, discipline of, of my life, you know, with this intent to, you know, learn more, to be better. Right. Well, and, um, our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness, right? So yeah. by you knowing every aspect of every swell and your equipment and your approach, it's allowed you to be super successful, but probably also has hindered aspects of your mm-hmm. life. Um, that. So in, in that time long. away, you know, that analyzation of, you know, how I was feeling, you know, what was happening, you know, I was just able to get this, uh, you know, 10,000 foot view. And, you know, was there, uh, just became really clear, you know, kind of the, the steps in which I needed to, um, needed to take in order to, to move past it. And the first was, you know, totally accepting and being okay with how I was feeling and two, outwardly expressing it and sharing it with people that, you know, Hey, I'm this. I'm actually having a really hard time you know, with this experience. And, you know, though it may seem otherwise, you know, this, this is the truth. And being okay with just, you know, the world knowing it. Um, you know, so I ended up writing an, an article publicly coming out, you know, in the magazines of, uh, I think it was Surfing Magazine that I wrote an article, you know, it was one year after the fact that I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I'm still, you know, still processing everything that happened. But, you know, back to it, you know, however it happens in, in your life, you know, and it's not just, I feel like everybody, you know, more often than not has, you know, challenges of some sort. Um, not me. <laughs> yes, yes. I know, I know you're perfect, Kyle. Um, but however you can, I guess, step outside of, you know, that structure in which, um, you know, has molded you into that being that, you know, maybe challenged or having a hard time, you know, whatever, you know, whether it's removing yourself from those surroundings or, you know, talking to people who come from a world in existence, you know, well, you know, outside of, you know, that in which you, you know, live in. And for me, that's, that's what it was that, um, you know, traveling to, Incredible part of the world found myself immersed up in the mountains in a very um, I feel kind of enlightened and conscious community you know international melting pot people from all around the world who could give two shits about surfing and the conversations that I was having were uh, you know from music which you know I had never you know heard or you know given much thought to to you know outlandishly esoteric you know you know, abstract thoughts on just, you know, any, everything. And it, that brought me so much happiness and joy and was able to get me away from, you know, thinking or worrying about surfing. So when I went back to it, it was just this, you know, renewed, invigorated, you know, view, viewpoint. And it became easy for me to identify, oh, you know, well, that's, you know, exactly why you're, you know, feeling this certain way because you're, you know, you're not, you're confining emotions or um, in, in, in the end, 
I guess the realization that none of this actually, you know, matters, you know, you, your image of a big wave surfer, you know, how does that really factor into, you know, what I, I knew to be, you know, important in life. And it's not, you know, who you are, it's not what you do, not in materialistic possessions. And that was, you know, very apparent to me before, but even more so after the fact of, you know, nearly dying and losing it all, you know, you know, of what was really important, you know, in, in the end. And, um, looking at that, you know, that was the love in which I had for my friends and family, um, you know, outwardly, openly expressing it, uh, the love which I had for just, you know, humanity and people in this world and planet in general and doing my best to look, you know, after that. Um, How did your behavior actually change after your trip to Peru? How did your habits and your decisions change? Because I think that a lot of people... Um, my, I've have plenty of experiences with this where I'll be going through something rough internally. I'll take a trip, um, you know, try and change my surroundings and will, I'll come back to my, my, my regular life, my habits, my routines. And if I don't take specific steps to, um, to change my behavior, it's way too easy to fall into those same thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I want to know actually what it is like. Give me a situation that actually played out differently in your life after um, after that trip. Um, when I was totally honest with myself and accepting and embracing the emotions that I was feeling when I, and, and accepting them as being perfectly okay, you know, that there's nothing, you know, wrong with me and that I don't have to uphold any sort of an image, you know, to impress anybody else, that that's, you know, totally irrelevant, um, you know, in the grand scheme of, you know, life and, you know, for me moving forward, you know, being my best self. When I came back home and it became so quick and easy for me to identify when I was again falling into those old habits and ways and remembering, you know, what I had learned and what I acknowledged to be, you know, true and important and real and the right path that I was supposed to be walking. And it would just be, you know, an instant flip of a switch where, you know, all of a sudden I'm, you know, having a conversation or doing an interview and I catch myself like, maybe putting on this facade of, you know, oh, it's not that big of a deal and, you know, trying to protect, you know, whatever, you know, image I thought that I needed to, it'd be this instant moment of like, hey, cut through the bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you, why would you say that? You know, it's not, it's not true. You know, why don't you tell them exactly, you know, what you've been feeling, you know, what you've been doing and how, you know, you know, you're actually proud at this point to admit your, you know, whether it's flaws or, um, you know, fears, challenge, challenge fears, emotions challenges, or, you know, yeah, per, yeah. F- fears, you know, all of it, that it's, it's all beautiful in the end and you will never be able to move past it if you aren't open and acceptive and meet it with, um, uh, you know, an equal amount of love and appreciation for what it is that it's, 
showing you and, and teaching you that if it's all of a sudden and and that was another big part of it that um you know a- after you know when i kind of came back there was this immediate sense of joy and invigoration where you know my life was illuminated i was so lucky you know felt so lucky to be alive and just every moment cherished it but then you know it was after that kind of the whole all right, how do we get back to it? Kind of emotional storm, you know, began and it got uh, you know, difficult and again convoluted. But um, when you know, I, I came through again, going back to how to overcome it, that you know, it, it was reimmersing myself in you know, those feelings and changing my perspective on the whole situation that, you know, I had been thinking of this, you know, feeling it as something is so challenging and negative and, you know, that it's really disrupted my life. Those moments that you are, you know, kind of in despair or something, you feel like the world is on your shoulders or it's all going uh, against you. You know, we have a tendency to, you know, react in a negative way. You know, it's just kind of, you know, fight or flight, you know, response and meet it, you know, with this angst and anger and, you know, oh, this, you know, sucks. Where I simply turned it around and when I was able to look at it all from this place of, you know, beauty and going back to, hey, it's all just meant to teach us. You know, we're here to learn and grow from every experience. So this isn't anything negative. Like this is, you know, the greatest probably learning lesson, you know, and, you know, moments of teaching that you've encountered in your entire life. So look for, you know, the lessons, look for the beauty that you're going to be a better person from experiencing this. That's when it really, you know, when I came back, it all shifted and changed that when I would fall back into those old patterns, it would be, you know, look for the, you know, again, those lessons that you, you know, are here and they're going to continue to be here until you fully em- embody them. Um, and that's what I had kind of, I guess, acknowledged from, you know, previously that, you know, all these thoughts or, you know, what I had coped with fear or, you know, rather embraced it. This was just sort of the reintegration, but not on a surface level, which in a way I kind of identified after the fact, you know, the big wave surfing, it was a very um, one dimensional scope. And though I had taken those lessons into other aspects of my life, um, I don't feel like it had gone beyond maybe, you know, one or two layers deep where here it was all of a sudden, you know, rattled to the core you know do you actually believe and embody sort of these ideas and um what was the surf first big wave session that you came back from after peru did it feel different immediately um it, it didn't except for the fact that it actually it didn't at all i remember the first session back wasn't it was exactly the same i think it was um, 
I don't know where it was. Maybe it was over at Jaws on Maui. But what was different was after the fact, rather than beating myself up, you know, I looked at, again, the, you know, how much fun I, I had, you know, in all the spaces in between, you know, that all my friends were still there. The whole, you know, anticipation, the excitement, you know, was there going out there. You know, I don't think I caught but maybe one, you know, poor wave. But in the end, I was proud of that one wave, you know, because it could have just as well been, you know, no waves at all. And I got to be with, you know, the people that I loved and in a beautiful, you know, setting. And it was just so much a matter of, you know. Was it appreciating the experience a little bit more? Back was to appreciating a... the experience yeah. and not being so hard and difficult on myself and yeah. worrying about getting back to, you know, a place of confidence that I had in the past. Um, as it was just enjoying that present moment and you know look at look at what's ahead yeah that there's going to be another opportunity and it was finding that um you know contentment and joy and happiness that it then was just this snowball effect my next session you know in comparison to you know i guess the mentality and the confidence i had uh, a year prior right yeah not even a fraction of the way you know close to but you know, slightly better. And isn't it interesting how I, like, I love that your first session back wasn't actually all time because it would be so storybook and perfect if you, you know, you had this realization and then went back and caught the wave yeah. of your life and got this amazing session. But to the outside, then still it's like, oh, Greg had a horrible session. He must still yeah, really be in his head. But you were free from it, but it just hadn't actualized in the external world yet. Yeah. Life isn't always that fairy tale, you know, beautiful, you know, easy ending. Right. You know, and and, often, pe- and most people in, the- unless you tell them actually have no idea what's going on inside mm-hmm. your own mind. Yeah. But then, so so you had that one session. It was bad, but you felt good felt, about the experience. Felt appreciative, and like you were noticing the little things. I don't, I don't want to put words. Yeah, on. no, Just that's keep that, that that was it exactly. And you know, from every point there forward, you know, just remembering that in the end, the grand scheme of you know life and everything that's your beauty that's happening around you, none of this really matters. This is all your own, you know, internal. Um, you know, desire and pursuit that I could have, you know, quit and probably, you know, found another, you know, passion or love and underwater basket weaving. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I heard that's very relaxing. It is very (laughs) relaxing, but you could, you could also drown doing that. So maybe not underwater basket weaving. Um, (laughs) As it was looking at it, you know, as a challenge, you know, there's, you really, there's something here that you need to learn. Um, And, at that point, I actually would have been totally okay, you know, walking away from it. Um, you know, that I had dropped that ego, you know, after, again, removing myself from the situation that, you know, and acknowledging that, hey, whether you ride another giant wave, it's essentially irrelevant. Um, do whatever it is that's going to make you, you know, you know, happy. And going forward with it 
you know, was that conscious decision that I knew inside that I really, really wanted to, and that, you know, it was going to make me happy that I didn't want to walk away that I knew that, you know, I remembered and I knew that, gosh, that fun and joy and, you know, this is still going to be a part of your life. So, you know, I kept going back and doing it and it was, you know, little by little confidence came back and finally it was almost like three years after it was last winter was the first moment where I went in the water and I had that total moment of clarity where everything just made sense again where I wasn't second questioning wasn't doubting wasn't thinking about you know the consequences before they you know even you know happened as it was I mean, I'm paddling back out, and that was the the Jaws competition last um, last winter, which is probably you know the biggest, most historic big wave event in in history. Yeah, you know some of the most challenging of conditions. Where, uh, you know, I, I actually vividly remember a, a text with uh, one of my best friends back home in San Clemente, uh, Dustin, and you know he always sends me you know the courtesy text of you know hey love you you know be safe and. Um, I remember writing back like, "Hey, you know, it's it's all good. Like, I'm not, you know, expecting or hoping for anything, but you know, gonna go out there and take it easy and you know, have fun with it." So, you know, sure enough, paddle out into my heat, and it's 60 feet, windy, craziest we've probably ever tried to paddle into it. And you know, in the middle of a contest, got all the boats and you know, whole worlds watching on a live webcast and. Uh, you know, first set that came, took off on a big one and, you know, ended up having to straighten out, getting ragdolled to the inside, picked up and, you know, came away from that. It was just kind of like, ah, you know, felt confident and good and paddled back out, sat way outside, out the back where, you know, where I usually do. And, you know, this giant, you know, horizons blackout set comes, you know, looming towards me. One, two waves go through and all of a sudden here's one where... Yeah, I looked at, and I remember thinking like, you know, this is this is a crazy one. You could see the you know wall all the way extending into the channel. Biggest of the set, you know, biggest that I had seen, you know, personally all morning since I'd I'd been out there, and but that kind of split second analyzation of you know you can you can go on this one if you want, and just instinctively turning around and not even questioning it where every single session for the three years prior you know it would have been exactly the opposite of like oh yeah yeah maybe not you know it doesn't look like you know you can easily make it so don't do it or you know even just a second of hesitation you miss that you know window of opportunity of you know getting up your paddle speed to get down the face but this was just a moment of you know here's probably the biggest terrifying wall of water you've ever seen in your life but you can possibly get down the face of it and possibly get barreled and you know make it to the channel you know we're going and it just all happened you know in those fraction of a second and it ended up being dramatic drop pulled into a giant you know what turned out to be a closeout that i really in hindsight had no chance of making but um for me that was the you know finally overcoming I felt like the last of um, 
So I was right that that barrel was – you actually felt that like right and on that day? That... On, on that day, on that moment. You yeah. Know, when, when I was – both when I was sitting out there, you know, it was much sort of um, angst and doubt, fear that that day would have normally – you know, even if it wasn't a contest, you know, I would have been very apprehensive, you know, probably wouldn't have even thought of, you know, going out there that when I jumped off – the boat on my board paddled in the lineup that there was no thought that you know that was you know that there was anything wrong or out of place here that you know i felt comfortable and wanted to be there and wanted to ride one of these waves again i didn't necessarily acknowledge it you know in that way in the time so much as it was just totally you know existing in the present moment as you you know more often than not do in those you know big wave situations uh thinking about what you need to do in order to successfully ride a wave but it was after the fact you know i was like there was such a sense of you know peace and ease and comfort you know exactly that i used to always experience you know three years prior to and you know what ultimately led me into you know probably the craziest most dramatic you know i don't want to say the best way of my life because i didn't make it i don't like to glorify waves i didn't don't. make but it was the biggest barrel yeah probably. biggest it's biggest b- biggest barrel of my life yeah um and after that it was it, it was strange that again I, I looked at that wave and analyzed afterwards just going you know what the hell were you you know were you thinking you know actually going on it um but you know, I, I don't, you know, I've had a lot of other opportunities, you know, since then to probably, you know, ride and try waves similar. And I've got, you know, no desire to do so. You know, it was always this, you know, looking at it of, um, you know, don't take that chance. Don't take that risk. It's not worth it. Um, but in that moment, you know, it was, you know, everything that I, you know, had dreamed and, you know, wanted to be doing or, or so I felt. So, it's almost just this closure to, you know, the whole, you know, experience. Um, and that, yeah, if, if you really wanted to, you could go back to, you know, that place that you, you know, once were. But it's not, it's not where I'm at, you know, having yeah. experienced it, having pushed and challenged myself, you know, to the highest level, um, you know, my highest level. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you can say you can say the highest really, level if you're at the world I am champ. really content in surfing within, you know, what is my level of comfort now. Which, yeah, you know, still big waves, but last winter there were guys going on, you know, sixty foot plus crazy windy waves out of Jaws, and I remember sitting in the channel on a ski, you know, doing water safety, just going, I don't have that in me anymore and i am so content in admitting that and being here you know a part of it all living vicariously through whoever you know wants to you know push and find their own you know personal best and And still beating them in heats (laughs) yeah it's 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 a different game you know when it comes to to the competition and um what so i want to know something because i mean not many people are gonna have the 
the chance to drown in their lives unless they really want to entertain that option and not many people are gonna have a chance to become world champions in their lives but again a lot of people go through these problems in their mind they need to try and get through it and for you it seemed like you you had that trip to peru and then you slowly got back to that place which ultimately was the culmination getting that barrel at jaws what were the the daily practices that you would that you had shifted to keep going because i i find that more often than not whether it's someone who's addicted to drugs and they fall back into it or someone who's in a relationship that they hate and they fall back into it or a job that they hate and they fall back into it that's what that's actually unfortunately what happens more often than not Mm -hmm. and i've found that people who i've seen really overcome um significant mental blocks in the way that you have have a kind of daily consistent practice that then ultimately gets them to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. Can you bring me like into that world a little bit more of what you would do daily to, yeah, um, to, to get past that and keep moving? So it was when I was down there traveling, I had the opportunity to meet some incredible individuals and you know both conversationally through guided meditations um step well beyond you know this world that i lived and existed in you know as i said you know our reality is um you know essentially you know it's unique to every individual and built upon a life's worth of experience and events and it kind of creates these layers of conditioning and ego that you know we then you know see the world through a certain set of lenses very different to the next person who's you know grown up with entirely you know different set of circumstance and you know it was down there that i was able to um peel back all the bullshit and really again hone in on my my feelings you know what was serving me what wasn't the steps that I needed to take in order to move forward on this path, you know, to what I felt to, you know, towards being my best self. And when I came back home, it's very easy to all of a sudden, then, you know, you're back into this world of, you know, routine, habits, routine, same, yeah, the, the, the people, you know, yeah, what, whatever it is. And so it was, that constant reminder, you know, every single morning waking up, acknowledging, you know, what it was that I wanted to accomplish. So, you know, in, in our everyday routines, you know, that's how you, you, you break habits, you know, essentially, you know, creating new ones, but you have to have the desire to do so, you know, the desire to do so that's greater than the comfort of falling back into, you know, the old habits and ways. So every morning, you know, it was, Uh, this affirmation of, you know, what I really, at at that point, you know, what I know to be true, you know, my feelings, emotions, and identifying those things that would sort of re-stimulate, you know, old patterns, old habits in ways, you know, so for Uh, me, it was... Give me an an example, like take me into that room. A very simple example that, you know, the next person that would call me up you know when i was back home after you know taking some time off they would say hey uh so you know you went back surfing you know three weeks after became world champion you know tell me about that 
you know, where the very, um, you know, I would kind of tell people before it was like, oh, you know, it's just part of the process and overcoming fear and, you know, and you have to, you know, go back out there and, you know, do it Bullshit. again. Bullshit! Yeah, <laughs> Ex- exactly. Um, you know, in turn, it was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm still, like, far from being okay. Like, I, I don't even, you know, remotely come close to the amount of confidence, my ability, um, still processing it, but I'm okay with it. You know, like I, I've, I in no way feel that I am the same big wave surfer, although, you know, a world title may to many people's peripheral points of view, you know, say otherwise. Uh, and it would just be in, you know, in, admitting that exact truth. And more often than not, people would be like, oh, wow, like, thank you for sharing that, you know, and it opens up, you know, for one, it's liberate. It was so liberating for me. And it kept me from going back into those, you know, the old ways. Um, yeah, that you can't move forward unless you actually, no matter what it is that's challenging you, again, if it's a relationship, whether it's addiction, that you will never be able to, you know, get over it unless you meet it head on with the God's honest truth of how it's making you feel and acknowledging, you know, is it positive or is it negative? And so it was every morning, you know, waking up, you know, that, hey, my actions today are going to be rooted, you know, from a place of, you know, love, of respect, of compassion, tolerance, of understanding, you know, knowing that everybody in this world is, you know, going through some shit or, you know, very different to my, you know, as a point of view, you know, very different to mine. Um, and then... You know, what is it that's going to be beneficial to my personal growth and and honest with it? You know, not what the media wants to hear, not what I'm worried about, you know, sounding, you know, cool or anything else. But, you know, you're here at this point. It doesn't matter. Anything else that's happened in the past is, is irrelevant. That, you know, what is it that you want to change? These are the steps cut through all the bullshit, the ego, and that's the path that you need to walk to move forward. Yeah. Um, and it was, is, you know, I say it was as simple as that, but it's, you know, it wasn't just, you know, like that overnight. Yeah. Um, I would catch myself time and again, you know, falling back into, you know, easy, you know, habits and ways and, um, and not actually, you know, following through with that. Yeah, but as soon as I you know would it would again be that acknowledgement of hang on, you know. What is it? You know, look at it. Yeah, more analytic. It's it's all like what I'm hearing you say is you're almost able to look at your mind and your thoughts in the same way that for a long time you've been able to look at big waves and swell charts, which is from a more uh, practical and logical place that is disattached but i i mean maybe i don't know if disattached is the right word but i think that it's it's so difficult for us to separate ourselves from our ego Mm -hmm. like ultimately that's what it's all about is that 
we have these attachments to our identity, to who people think that we are, to how we think that we should act, and that's all our ego, and it can serve us in certain ways, but in a lot of ways, it really doesn't, and it takes... Um, it takes a lot of reflection and through whatever it is that you want to do, an ability to separate yourself from that and almost look at yourself from from an objective point of view. Mm-hmm. We're so bad at looking at ourselves from an objective point of view, right? It's like, but, you know, if, if you have food in your teeth, someone, you would appreciate someone saying, hey, you have food in your teeth. <laughs> but so often when someone's like, hey, you're really fucked up, man, or like, you're in a horrible relationship, you should really make a change. You're like, not, I don't no, have food, no, no, I don't have no, food in my teeth. <laughs> I don't have food in my teeth. What are you talking about, right? Yeah. Because we're so attached to that picture. Mm-hmm. And everybody worrying about, um, you know, treading lightly on one another's, you know, feelings, not right. to, you know, put anybody down where, um, yeah, okay, so there's one thing about, you know, being maybe courteous or tactful about your approach, but uh, I've always had appreciated when people would just be straight up blunt and yeah. honest, you know, hey. Greg, you didn't get barreled on that wave, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you know, in a constructive way, but, you know, hey, this is what you, you know, could have done, right. you know, to get barreled or yeah, you know, be better, get better or yeah. whatever it was. And right. Um, so for me, it was being my, you know, the most, you know, loving, compassionate critic of myself. Um, and having identified again, the nonsense that was, you know, stifling me from moving forward and then being perfectly, you know, acceptive of those flaws um, and the challenges and, you know, wanting to take deliberate action to, you know, remedying whatever it was and not this, oh, well, you know, I guess that wasn't, you know, that bad or, you know, half-assing anything, but, you know, like, no, stop it, you know. And, you know, your mind is, you know, best friend or worst enemy. Um most complex thing we know about in the universe actually yeah so you've just there's so many moving parts yeah. and th- this for me has been you know I'm, I'm sure far from you know there'll be many more you know challenging you know moments but you know the last couple of years it was really diving deep into you know that complex world of my own thoughts and emotions and um piecing it all together to a place that I felt, again, you know, emotionally okay, you know, brought happiness and joy, um, you know, wasn't too, you know, easy on myself to, um, you know, a point where, you know, I wasn't growing and, you know, yeah, it's been... It's been a ride. Almost, yeah, it's almost, been a yeah, four, four years now, and I, I feel like I've learned more, you know, about myself and, you know, with that, about others than, you know, any other four-year period of, of my life.
Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you liked that podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes. Share it with a friend. Get in touch with me on my website, kyle.surf. I'm doing a weekly newsletter where you can get all of the latest and the greatest audio and video. Until next time, hope you're all having a beautiful day.